Welcome to another episode of Bumping Gums with T and Kim. I be T. I'm Kim. And on this episode, it's not the most, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not going to be that happy-go-lucky. This is going to be an episode about what's happening in our world, in our country right now to black and brown men in this unforsaken world. Kim? First and most, I just want to say I repeat a Tyree Nichols and love and support to his family. I can't even imagine what you all have to be dealing with right now. It's so hard. Um, so we're just sending you love and support right now. I mean, this was something that was so hard to. And here I thought George Floyd was something that was the most tragic thing that I'd ever seen that this could not have been something that is still continuing to happen time and time again in this country. But I must say that, well, it is, it's hard. It's tough, you know? It's very hard. It's very tough. Um, And they don't get a pass because they are Black men in blue. Um, You're still in blue. And it's even harder because T wears blue. (laughs) You know? Yeah. And she is a police officer. Yeah. And it's even harder, honestly, to see the pictures of these black men across the screen, yeah. knowing that they murdered, not just, oh, we beat up and beat him up and he died. You murdered someone. Right. Yeah. I mean, I can't, I, I, I am. Just beside myself, I'm not going to lie to you, Um, being a woman, being black and wearing the blue. um, This is one of the most tragic and darkest moments. One of our are not so uh, is I mean, I really I really am at a loss for words. And um, I think for me, um, I did not allow myself, let me go back and make it clear that I did not allow myself as a police officer, as a black woman to feel the um, senseless, tragic the senseless tragedy that happened with George Floyd, because everyone had an opinion as to what was happening and what was going on. And so much information that was being leaked in the media. And you know how I feel about the media. Sometimes I feel that the media has a tendency to hype people up to make them do Things that they shouldn't be doing. You know what I mean? I agree. Um, I feel like the media has a way of inciting people. You know what I mean? Without reporting the true being or the true essence of what's really happening. But this was something. That was completely different. There was no media. There's no um, media manipulation. These are five black police officers who senselessly 
beat another young black man to death. Beat him to death. You know, I, like I said, just a loss for words. It doesn't make any sense. It means like every single day we turn on the, again, television, the news, Mm -hmm. it's always something Mm -hmm. going on and not for the positive um, that's affecting us black people, affecting us brown people. It's just always something negative. True. And to see these, and not giving them any excuse, but to see these black police officers face scattered across the screen, for some people, it might be shocking. Mm. To me, if you are from a bigger city where there are more black police officers and stuff like that, this is not new. Right. Right. This is this is just not new. No. Um, because as someone who wears the blue, you know, they always say you leave your, you know, leave your color and leave your whatever at the door. Cause when you come through, you're only blue. You're not black, you're not white, you know, da da da. da. Yeah. And you're like, that's ridiculous. Yeah. But I felt, and we're not gonna necessarily go in and talk about the case, but I felt like these fools fall for the okie doke. Yeah. They really felt like they're not black men out here in this world, that they're just guys in blue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, for those of you who do not know, and I don't know what Rocky might have been living under, but um, we're talking about the incident that happened on the 27th um this past friday of the beating um of tyree nichols um a native of memphis tennessee um who was tragically beaten by five black police officers from a unit called scorpion unit Mm. which stands for the street crime operations to restore peace in our neighborhoods Isn't that ironic? Um, But these five police officers, uh, black men, let's call them what they are, um, uh, were relieved. Uh, This happened on January 7th. And they were relieved of duty um, after Tyree died three days later from the injuries that he sustained from those from that beating from the five officers. We're circa we're circa Rodney King case era here. Mm-hmm. Right? So we're it's like you're taking us back, you know, to the Rodney King case, right? Except, you know, Rodney King of course was like, oh get his butt beaten by white or, you know, I don't know if any uh, I don't. It was all white guys, right? It wasn't right. like Hispanic or any no, other color before white guys. So fast forward all these years later, and now it's kind of like the Rodney King beating, dude. There is nothing. And like I said, we'll continue from this because I didn't see the video either. I couldn't. I just saw the pictures of when he was in the hospital. I just can't watch these videos anymore. They're like it's just too much. Um, but. My question as just a regular person going about their life, what could this young man could have done so bad that warrants the the behavior of these police officers? Mm. What could he have done so bad? Right. Right? Right. I know that there are a lot of people out there that saying that, you know, and I've, I've heard this comment um, and it, you know, kind of infuriated me a little bit. And that is that if you are a person of color, that it's your responsibility to create your safety from law enforcement. And I think that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. It's your responsibility to create your safety from law enforcement. In other words, that 
if you do what you know you're supposed to do, that the law enforcement community will just deal with you as you are or the situation that's presented, whether it would be given a warning, given a citation, whatever the case scenario may be, and that you live to see another day. Foolishness. That's bullshit. You know who needs to be on their best behavior? The police officers need to be on their best behavior. Yeah. They need to be on their best behavior, right? We're not supposed to, as soon as we see a cop following us, turn on our cell phones, you know, have cameras all around our cars, you know, all these different things do the, you know what I'm saying? Like the three to 10, like we shouldn't be behaving like necessarily in this manner extra just for maybe going 10 miles over the speed limit or five miles over the speed limit or whatever or whatever or walking down the street yeah you know what i'm saying coming out the store and you know like it could be any single thing selling lucy cigarettes on the corner right but i've also have told you that we're quick to jump and judge and do the Monday quarterbacking with police officers. Um, sometimes cops do get a bad rap. They get a bad rap. Um, and that has always been that because of what others do, then we put all police officers in that category and sometimes that's that's wrong it's not right it's it's not fair i have been in those situations where you know you're stressed out a lot of things is going on doing being a police officer is not the most easiest thing in the world to do um, because you will come across someone whose agenda is to kill you. Right. Of course. You know, their agenda is to kill you and whatever they have to do to get their five minutes of glory, their fame, they're going to do it. This, I say all the times goes back to what the media tells you how to think and how to react to situations right and it's absolutely wrong just like i've said time and time again not every doctor that's a doctor should be a doctor correct right not every teacher that's a teacher should be a teacher not every police officer that's a police officer should be a police officer i agree however these ones that just do the unthinkable. You are just placed in that category of, well, all of y'all. Right. You know what I mean? I'm a true proponent in believing that you give people the benefit of the doubt. But in this situation, there's no doubt. There is no doubt that what you five did, and including the white cop also. Let's yeah, let's not, not for, let's not forget that guy. Right. I love how, you know, like I said, not giving them any excuse. But I love how they plastered their face all over. What happened to the white boy? You was involved. I saw, you know what I'm saying? Like, they, they saw your hand. <laughs> you was involved, too. Yeah. Let's, not let's put his picture up, too. And let's not forget the white guy. But the six of you guys, y'all killed someone. Period. And there is no doubt of your actions and what you did cause someone to die. You understand? There's no way that you can tell me. There's no way. And I'm only going based off of what I know of the situation and not from 
the video because I cannot bring myself to watch that video. I cannot and I will not. I can't. Because it evokes an emotion. As Kim and I was talking about this today, I literally started crying. Because why must I teach my black son how to go through the process of living so that he takes responsibility for his actions so a police officer will not kill him. I, I think living in America, why? It's insane. It's, but it goes back to Black people, be on your best behavior at all times. <laughs> it's the right, right? I want you. I want you. As a Black person to make me feel comfortable so that I can be around you. I mean, let me say that statement again. I want you as a Black person, as a brown person, to make me a non-colored person feel comfortable to be around you. And I think that's, that is, I don't understand. I don't understand. I don't understand that. I really don't. Is this not America that we live in? It is. It's, it's like I made this comment to a person on my job who doesn't understand what it's like to be black. And I said to them, I was like, well, imagine having to explain to someone that you live and pay bills and pay a mortgage or pay rent or whatever it is that you do in a place, in a dwelling, in a resident, in a home. And you have to explain to people every time you walk out the door and you come back, I live here. Right. I live here. Right. So because you don't want me living there, you decide I want to waste the resources of calling the law enforcement, calling the police. Right. And the police shows up. And instead of just letting things be, the police shows up and they aggravate the situation even more. You're right. By saying to you, I need you to prove that you live here. Now, there's that part of me as a police officer that understands. Because I can't just allow you to go into a home without saying, you know, do you really live here? But if you have a key and you place a key in that lock <laughs> and you turn that door, that's all the proof that I need. That's what I that's what you would think. That's what I would think. That's what you would think. But there's tons of times people have keys. They, you know, turn the key to the lock to their first door, the second door. They go upstairs to their place and they still don't believe that they belong. Yeah. White people, it is not our job as black people to make you feel comfortable. Mm. OK, it is not our job as black people to make you feel comfortable. If you feel uncomfortable, check yourself. Check yourself. Yeah. Okay? Check yourself. Because that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And then you have these... Um, how do I say? They're Uncle Toms. <laughs> and if you don't know, if you're young and you don't know what an Uncle Tom is, <sighs> like, go look it up. Okay? Wow. So then we have the Uncle Tom. So here we go. We have to fight with, with racist white people. Yeah. Right? 
And then we have to fight with the other people that check the box white because their skin's light so they think they can pass. But once again, I will remind you every episode when white people see you, they don't see white. But we'll talk to you in another episode. And then we got to deal with our own Uncle Tom in our own community. And I think for the rest of the, you know, for the rest of the episode, like, we can definitely talk about that. Like, yeah. if you want to know more about the Tyree Nichols case, everybody has Google. You should be, if you live in America, you should be used to what's going on. Right? Right. Um, and I don't even want to spend too much time on this Donkey Kong that you're about to bring up, but go ahead. So, yeah, just to uh, piggyback off of Kim, it's this episode is not about Tyree Nichols or the five officers I refuse to again give them any type of airtime. I don't even want to give the next person I'm about to bring up any airtime, but I need to say this. Mr. Jason Whitlock, no matter how much you think that the white Americans are going to accept you based upon the insidious things that you say. I'm here to tell you, you will never be able to check that box. You will never, ever be seen as a white man living in a black body. You will never, ever be able to not be the black man, ever. Not even after your own death. The hatred that you must have for yourself and your skin color. It must be just something that's amazing or just so deeply, deeply disconnected in your life. The things that you say about black women, the things that you say about the black culture, it is, you are, you are too much. You might as well have someone take you out back and strip you of your black skin color and see what you return as in your second life. We would be more than happy to trade you over to the white council because black folks hasn't claimed you in so long. You know, I know people say stuff to get, you know, people riled up, like you said. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He said stuff about like Kobe Bryant. Yeah. He said stuff about Deion Sanders. Yeah. But this last comment that he made about these officers and when he's stating that watching the video, it looks like a gang. Yeah. A gang of boys, I'm quoting here. This looks like what young black men do when they are supervised by a single black woman. Mm. Yeah. And now a black woman is in charge. So he said, what do you expect, right? right? Because the chief is a black woman. Mm -hmm. So pretty much stating, what do you expect? So here we go again, blaming the black woman. If you have something more specific, go ahead, T, because I was just. Yeah. So <laughs> on Tucker, Tucker Carlson. Should have known there was a problem already when a black man is on Tucker Carlson show. You know, homeboy is yeah. straight Uncle Tom. Yeah. His tap dancing shoes fell off the way he tap dances. And that's pretty much the only like shows that pays him attention is when they want 
pretty much black on black crime, verbal black on black crime. Yeah. They called this loser. Yeah. So he said on a Turco Carlson interview on Fox News on Friday, Jason Whitlock had the audacity to say, this is what happens when you have young black men being supervised by a single black woman. This is what happens in cities ran by single black mothers, implying that the police chief, um, uh, what's her name? Um, Sarah Lynn? Is it Sarah Lynn Davis? I think so. I'm yeah. not sure how you say her first yeah, name. Yeah, I, I don't want to mess it up. Um, but uh, she goes by CJ. That if she had not have been the police chief, and that if a male was the supervisor of this Memphis Police Department, then he uh, implies that Tyree Nichols would be alive. He's trash, bro. He's trash. Right? You cannot blame Black women for everything that goes bad in this country. You just can't. You can't blame Black single moms for everything that goes bad in this country. The last time we were checking, these women, Black women who happen to be single, did not impregnate themselves. It takes two to tango. There are single Spanish women out there. There are single Asian women out there. There are single white women out there. I know it's hard to believe. Right? All different types. And everything always comes back to let's blame the Black woman. What these police officers did has nothing to do with whether they have a a female chief, a male chief, okay? It has nothing to do if they were from a single family home. You don't know these guys' lives. We don't even know, are they all from single parents? We don't know what's going on here. It doesn't make any difference who they were raised under for the way that they behave like animals to Tyree. But here we go again, blaming the black woman. And always blaming the black woman always comes from the black man. Not to be rude. Black, white men ain't thinking about us. Asian men ain't thinking about us in that type of way to blame us for anything. It always comes back from a black man who was given birth to by a black woman. How dumb you sound. Yeah, it's pretty... Um... It's pretty insidious. His words alone, by making that statement and carelessly making that statement, I understand that he came back and tried to say that if a black male was in the home, um, it's it's the <coughs> excuse me, that is the responsibility of the black man to perhaps be in these homes so that it's just not black women raising these young men to lose their lives in the streets. Now, he's saying that when the Black male comes from a single parent, a single parent home, uh, just a mother. That black women are raising these black men, or that we're programming them in a sense to have hate and fear. And I just want to say to you, Jason, that's simply not true. The hatred that you must have 
for your family, for your mother, because I know you were raised by a black woman. There's no way you could be white. So your mother was black. Was your mother a single parent? Like, I don't know anything about you and I really don't care to because that has nothing to do with, with what's going on. If you were raised by a single mother, then all the things that you're saying, then there must be some success because do you consider yourself successful? Or are you just another man that's out here trying to keep your name in the limelight so that you will continue to make your self up there at the top off of the backs of people that have been beaten, downtrodden, left for dead. You're no better. You literally are no better. You might as well call yourself the seventh man that beat and killed this child. Right. <laughs> Literally. Well, our dogs agree too. <coughs> they agree too. They agree. Instead of trying to take the time and say, what can we do to fix this messed up system that we have? We decided, he decided to just blame one set of people. Yeah. And then calling it the baby mama culture. Yeah. Listen, man, I don't know about y'all, but I know baby mamas of all colors. Right? White women, Spanish women. Like, I just know baby mamas of all cultures. When a man's ready to leave, he will leave. Yeah. Right? Yeah. When a man's ready to go, he will go. But the thing is, is... These other women from different cultures who were single and raising their kids, they still get protected in some form or another. Yeah. Right? However, the black women, it's always a problem. Once again, they didn't impregnate themselves. It takes two to tango. But it's easier for the man to walk away and start a whole new life and a whole new family instead of the woman. The woman stays. If you look at percentage rise and don't give me the whole women walk away too. If you look at the percentage rise, you're going to a 90, 10, 90% men leave, you know, the, to the 10% of the women that say, mm, I can't do this. I'm going to leave my kid. There's a bigger thing at work here. And it's the, you know, the system that we're in, it's a racist system. The police department was built on racist. When it was originally built, it was not built to protect black people. It was not built to protect brown people. They weren't thinking of us. The police department was not thinking of us at all. We're seen as dangerous people. We're seen as too aggressive. We're seen as anything negative. And to me, for him to come on here again as a black man, you're not even mixed, homie. Like you black, black. <laughs> you're talking bad about black women. You're talking about your own mom. You're talking about your own grandma. You're talking, you know, you're talking about all these different things. How dare you? Yeah. This this poor baby, like this poor man. <clears throat> it hasn't even been a month since his death. The family is still processing and trying to figure out what's going on right. and worrying that, oh, God, here we go. Maybe a next set of police officers that's going to get away with murder. Yeah. Because, of course, they always, you know, you're going to blame the victim. Right. How many times do you come home and be like, <laughs> some fool ran away from us again? Yeah. Again. Every day. Every day. Yeah. And the people you protect are trained yeah. By this country. Yeah. So not just the I'm gonna hang out on, you know, with the dudes on the street, like or whatever. 
you are a federal officer. And these people are trained to run. They're trained to disappear, to disappear by our country. And there was not once that you, you ever came home and go, yeah, I had to kill somebody because, you know, they ran away from us. Yeah. And that's not, again, <clears throat> let me be very clear. This is not to say that, again, all officers are the same because we're not. All officers are not here and have in our heads that, ooh, I just want to be here so I can beat somebody. I don't think so. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I have this job because I'm ready to kill. I'm ready to take out as many people as I can legally. Right. You know, not every police officer thinks like that. I don't think so. Most police officers have had something that has happened to them. And it's okay to say, I'm afraid or I'm fearful. It really is. I know that they train us to not say that. Right. But it's okay to say, I am afraid. I am afraid that when I walk out this door, I may not come back. Right. Because somebody hates me. Not because of the color of my skin, but because of the color of the uniform I wear. Mm -hmm. Right. Yep. But then <clears throat> most cops are good cops. But when situations like this happen, all cops are bad cops. Right. And it's sad. And it's it's just it's not necessary. But then when you have someone like a Jason Whitlock who goes around and says, just whatever comes to his mind. Right. Because you want to be that guy. Right. You are despicable. Let me tell you something. As I was going to say, I have a 34-year-old son. And my son is black, black. Right? <laughs> like... <laughs> Oh, <laughs> <laughs> like he black, black, like ghetto black, like hood black, like he is who he is, right? And every time he walks out that door, I, as a single parent, have been fearful, is fearful that he would never return through that door again. Now I know he grown, grown. <laughs> okay. Like old grown. But it's still my biggest fear. Right? And the words that Whitlock are saying that if his father was around or if I was still married to his father, then the chances of him coming home is 100%. Whitlock is saying that me as a single parent is teaching my son to be hood and be fearful and be gangster and whatever else that he's trying to insinuate. I'm teaching my son to be not a law-abiding citizen but I must teach my son to be fearful and to know that he must do the work himself for his own safety to be able to come home for when a law enforcement officer pulls him over this is what Whitlock is insinuating. Right. <laughs> there is no one who is not of color that has to deal with that. They don't have to deal with that. They don't understand what that means. 
That is something that is not within their vocabulary to teach their kids. But I need to teach my son. And he's 34 years old. Because I hate for my phone to ring. And say, hey. Um, sorry to tell you this, ma'am, but your son's in a coma because we beat him to death. I'm sorry, ma'am, that we had an officer kneel on your child's neck to take and watch the living breath of life disappear out of his helpless body because he's black. I can put my hands up and I can tell you I have a gun in the car. I'm just letting you know because I don't want no trouble. Get out of the car. I'm going to shoot you while you're sitting in the car seat because you are black. Every day, every day, 34 years old, And I worry there's never a moment that I don't get that peace when he walks out that door that he's going to be okay because we live in America. (laughs) Okay. And he doesn't have to have that fear. I don't have to have that fear. 34 years old. And I look at all of these situations and I think that could be my child. That could be my son. That might be my son. To go back to the situation where I said where he has not always made the best decisions. But Mike is lucky to be alive at this moment because of his running with the police. They tried to kick out his teeth. They did hit him with a car. They did knock him up against a fence. They did not have any intentions on him surviving the night. They had no intentions on him going to a jailhouse in one piece. They did not care. But if he didn't act like he was a rag doll, they would have beat the hell out of him too. And you don't understand, Mr. Whitlock, the fear and the anger that you incinerate in a black single parent, a mother who has to put her child to rest because you feel that a department that's ran by a single black woman is indicative of this child being beaten to death by five black cops. How dare you, man? How dare you? Do you know who gives those lessons before the kids walk out the house or the kids? As mom used to say, remember, she was like, no matter how old you get, you'll always be a kid. So I remember we used to be mad and be like, we're not kids. Mm -hmm. And she was like, you will never be my age. Exactly. So you'll always be my kid. But be older than never her. be older than her, she would say. Mm-hmm. And you know who gives those lessons before these black men walk out the house? It's the black women. Whether you're single or whether you're in a relationship, the person that says, "Be careful when you're out there. Remember when you're driving, do this da da da." If the cops pull you over, do this da da da. It's usually the black woman that is telling their son that. 
or daughter since they don't care what you are. So it doesn't really matter if you're raised in you're a single parent home, a single black woman home, since he has a problem with single black women. I don't know of, and I don't know all black single women, but I don't know of any black single women that's out there and trying to incite violence is trying to incite the your sons and daughters to like just go out and hate the cops and be like let's have a lesson today of let's hate cops and let's talk about it it's more of i want you to get home safe i want you to you know be careful that's the kind of message that when our black and brown kids are leaving the house. That is the messages that's usually being taught. Keep your hands on the steering wheel. Right. Look straight. Don't look around. Don't finicky. Don't touch anything. Don't do this. Don't do that. Can you imagine having to hear that all the time? Can you imagine just want to go out for a drive, but then have to be on edge because you're scared that you're going to be pulled over? Like, how crazy is that? Well, it's everyday life in the black community. It's everyday life when you're black and can't shed your skin. It's everyday life when you're born as a child. And live, hopefully, live to make it to be a man and have kids of your own and still have to have these types of conversations. It's everyday life. See, people don't get it. People don't get it until the the situation or, or something, you know, the tragedy happens to them. And then yet again, as the mother, Tyree, um, Tyree's mother said, we're tired. We're tired. We're tired of hearing RIP. We're tired of hearing my condolences. We're tired. We're tired. Yeah. I don't know how many, many ways to say that. We're tired. I'm tired. I know my son's tired of. Every time he goes out and he's like, bye, mom. And the first thing out my mouth is be careful. Make good choices and decisions while you're out there. Right. And we're not talking about when you're out with your friends. I'm just talking about when you're driving there and when you're driving back. Everything in between is um, is Gucci, as the kid says, is the drive going and the drive coming back. Make, make good decisions. I say this every time. Make good choices. Retire. <laughs> We're absolutely tired. We just have a real, real horrible system. We just have a horrible system. And to cut it down and blame it on one set of people which is black single moms is not looking at the bigger picture as that loser Woodlock says. Yeah. There's a bigger picture is um, the baby mama um, pandemic. The bigger situation is these single black moms. No, the bigger situation is we live in a racist society. The bigger situation is you understand we need some type of proper a microscope needs to be look on police reform. We're not saying stop the police. We need the police. Like T says, a lot of police are great police. But we are supposed to look at our police to protect us and not as soon as they pull up, we stop being fearful. Like, uh-uh. yeah, especially if you're black. Yeah. You know, it's something it's a weapon. Calling 911, getting the police is a weapon used against us yeah. as black people. 
just because of the color of our skin. The bigger issue here is the racist system that we have. And it's not the single black moms who are raising black boys. Yeah. You know, there's another comment that Whitlock said that um, people who do not resist the commands and authority of law enforcement never trigger lethal frustration from police. (laughs) Wow. For me, like, this particular person, someone said earlier today on TikTok, they're not for canceling people, but certain people should be canceled. (laughs) Yeah. And this guy needs to be canceled. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm a, you know, I'm a proponent of people being able to say whatever they want to say. We fought and died in this country for that right to be able to express what we want to say. Right. We have, we have earned that right. So they say, right. To be able to speak. And, and not be held, um, you know, like our voices shouldn't be shunned. But what happens when the people who feel they have the right to speak and say whatever they want to say, why can't we just shut them down? We have gotten to a point in society where everybody has a right to something. But you know who doesn't get a right? We, the black and brown community, we don't, people feel that we don't deserve to live. No. Again, it's our responsibility. And let me tell you something. When I read that line, that was something that just really really tugged at me and it irked a last nerve. We in the black and brown community must conduct ourselves in a way that makes the people around us who do not look like us, we need to make them feel comfortable to be around us. So if that means that Whatever they want to say, we have to allow them to say it. Yes. Whatever we want to say, we must clean up what we have to say. So that someone is not offended by what we say. That's insane. I'm going to keep saying it till the end of this broadcast. That's insane. It's America. It's insane. Yeah. Again. Malcolm X said, and I'm going to leave y'all with this. The most disrespected person in America is the black woman. The most unprotected person in America is the black woman. The most neglected person in America is the black woman. Now I want you all out there that are listening to really understand what that means. Please do not come at me and be like, well, all lives matter. And, and you know, you sound this and you sound that. And you, you just, you're, you're no better than, than Whitlock. And to you, I say, God bless you. Thank God that you have a wonderful life. Thank God that you get to wake up each and every day and that you don't have to deal with the things that black and brown community have to. Thank God for that. And God bless you. But for those of us who have to deal with these things on a daily basis, for those of us who are disrespected, for those of us who are unprotected, 
for those of us who are neglected, for those of us who feel that every person has to, in one way or another, come up and blame the black woman for whatever it is that's going on, for those of us who feel that we can't have a moment of peace and we must swallow the microaggressions of racism. And for you, for those of you who do not know what that means, tune into the next episode and we'll have a whole nother podcast based upon that. But as a little small snippet of saying, hey, Kim, oh, my God. <laughs> for a black woman, you are so articulate. I know. That's my favorite line. You are amazing. Yeah. For a black woman. Oh, my God. Did you really earn a degree? <laughs> a master's degree? Right. Did you really earn that? Oh, my God. Are you sure you weren't part of the Florida fiasco where they were just coming <laughs> out and nursing right. license? Right. You know, we're tired. We're tired. We're tired of you killing our sons. We're tired of you killing our daughters. Everyone says, like the black woman said, Tyree's mother said, everybody gets on there and says, my child was a good child. Right. And then there's always someone who goes back and they find up and dig up dirt and say, oh, this kid wasn't a good kid. But because that kid wasn't a good kid, did that kid deserve to die? Right. That's not your choice. You know what that makes you? It makes you a murderer. If you choose to go kill someone, it makes you a murderer. Yeah. Who makes, who made you? Your judge, jury, and executioner. executioner. Who made you that? <laughs> you can't do that. Who made you the judge, the jury, and the executioner? So because to you, a black kid, a black man, a black woman, a black kid, black whatever, brown kid. Doesn't matter. Somebody, somebody decides, I don't like you. I have something against you. Not for what you've done, but what you could have done. What you may have done. What you might be. So I'm going to go and get all the guns I can find and I'm going to go and I'm going to shoot up nine people who's just trying to have their own new year. I'm going to shoot up nine of you. I'm going to go to Buffalo and I'm going to go to the grocery store because something's been done to me and I'm going to shoot up and kill as many black people as I can find. I'm going to go down here to El Paso and I'm going to drive all the way from Ohio or wherever the hell you were from. And I'm going to go down and I'm going to shoot up as many people as I can. And I'm going to kill you all before I get killed. When does it stop? When does it stop? All I want is for my 34-year-old child to be old like me. Right. That's all I want. I don't desire anything else in life, but I just want my 34-year-old to at least make it to 56 like me. Right. It's not that it shouldn't be that hard. But when does it stop? When does it stop, Kim? I don't know. I honestly don't know. How many times can we keep saying my condolences? How many times? It's crazy. How many, how, how many more people have to die? And of course, being of color, you would want to say, well, since our lives doesn't matter, and since all lives matter, 
And maybe all people should get to experience what we experience. Right. No, that will never happen in this country. <laughs> I mean, why not? Because all lives matter. Right. So if all lives matter, then all lives should experience the mass casualties that we keep going through. All lives should experience their son or their daughter being shot to death, being beaten to death. All lives. Don't sing out black and brown. Right. <laughs> Join on in in this all lives matter thing. Right. Let's, let's get the equal opportunity going on. Let's spread that word around. I'll be more than happy to pass on some of this affirmative action stuff to you too. I'll be more than happy to have all lives experience yeah. the insidious insidiousness that goes on in this country all lives and I'm telling y'all don't come at me don't do it (laughs) don't do it it's not a subject you will win because until you know what it's really like to be black you have no idea what it's like to be black I agree so We thank you for joining us. Sorry, this was a long podcast. Not really. But I just, I had to let you guys know, this has to stop. This got to stop. Please let my son grow old. Please. Please let our sons and daughters grow old. We want to grow old too. We want them to use the 401k. We want them to just have a life, man, without being fear that they are going to be killed for no, no real reason. A traffic stop, so they say. And if it's just a traffic stop, I, I mean, I pull over people, but I don't beat them to death. I don't understand. Just let our kids grow old. For the Jason Whitlocks Whitlocks in the world, if you ain't got nothing good to say, if you can't add to the conversation without blaming an entire culture, if you got nothing good to say, then keep it moving. Yeah. You really don't. Just, you don't have to say something. You don't have to come and be that coon that Tucker Carlson is sitting back and laughing at and watching his ratings go ballistic. If you got nothing good to say, shut up. Allow Miss Nichols and her family the opportunity to mourn her child without you and your foolishness coming on air in front of thousands of people. I don't know how many people watch Fox News. Millions of people, not thousands. They're in the millions. Well, millions of people to sit up there and say, oof, glad he said it, not me. You are You're a joke, man. You're a joke. And I may have contributed to your numbers, but I really, really would like to express you, sir. We don't need someone like you. The world is not ever, ever going to miss someone like you. So. Tell them on the next show, Kim. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Don't forget to follow us on all social media platforms. Bumpinggumspodcast.com. It will take you to all our links where you can hear all our previous podcasts, this podcast, everything that you need. So remember, we are on Twitter. We are on TikTok. 
we're on Instagram, um, every social media place that you need. And don't forget to like, leave a comment and share so we can, you know, get our voices be heard and spread all over the place. Also, don't forget our voicemail, 978-354-5611, 978-354-5611. We're always looking for people to subscribe, listen, share, leave a review. Bumpinggumspodcast.com. I am Kim. And IBT. Spread love, everyone. R.I.P. All right, Peter.